feel the Lord nudging you, please approach a deacon or an elder or me. And continue on in that chapter if you want to find out if you're qualified to do that. If you're living accordingly to the God's word, read on. It gives you the qualifications to stand in that position. So let's move on to verses 1 through 6 of Luke. And bear in mind what I've just shared with you about faith. Jesus, it says here, and he called, he called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over the demons and to heal diseases. Matthew records, these twelve Jesus sent out after instructing them, do not go in the way of the Gentiles and do not enter any city of the Samaritans. Gentiles like us and the Samaritans were the half-breeds. And he wanted to focus, it says verse 6, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And Mark records, he summoned the twelve and began to send them out in pairs. Verse 2, it says, And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to perform healing. And he said to them, Take nothing for your journey, neither staff, nor a bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not even have two tunics apiece. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that city. And as for those who do not receive you as you, got, as you go out from that city, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. Departing, they began going throughout the villages, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. So up until this point, we've been reading about what Jesus has been doing. Now Jesus is granting the twelve the power and authority to accomplish things that are not humanly possible. And he delegated his divine authority so that they could heal diseases, cast out demons. He equipped them to accomplish specific tasks, to proclaim the kingdom, and to back that up, but to back up their preaching, he allowed them to do miraculous and divine things. Do you remember the story of the blind man in Matthew who's shouting, Son of David, Son of David? And when Jesus enters the house, the blind man comes in. Jesus said to them, said to them, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, It shall be done to you according to your faith. Think about this when you're approaching God, when you become when you're on your knees praying. He's asking you, do you believe that I'm able to do this? That's when I read this, that's what I believe he's asking me. And look what he says then. It shall be done to you according to your faith. God is continually testing us, revealing us who we actually are in our relationship with him. Think about that. Listen to these words. Look how he's placing them to teach us something. Are you praying and just going, oh, well, whatever? Well, you want to see the glory of God. You want to experience Him, encounter Him. And think about this. All that Jesus did, and that what we've read about, was to inspire faith. Everything. Think about it. What we've read and what you've, those that are reading through the Bible, everything is to inspire faith in His ability to do the impossible. And Jesus left this behind in this book. 
for us to believe. I mean, think about think about the church going way back. What has happened in comparison to the church then and to now? My research takes me to one word. They believed. They believed in the impossible. In Jesus' ability to do it through us. Again, faith is obedient. It goes when commanded. Moreover, such faith acts instantly, without question, without doubt. I learned, I know a lot of us are reading this and thinking, well, Jesus, He's God. He can do this. He can do the healing. He can do the miraculous things. Raising the dead and casting out demons. But remember, the emphasis over and over is He's the Son of God, the God-man. We've seen Him go to the Father in prayer. We've seen Him seek God's guidance on His life to do His will while He's on earth. Right? He's setting an example for you and I to follow the same power. Seek God with all your heart and all your soul. Listen to that inner voice. The difference with him, he was obedient immediately the next day. You know the story when he's walking down the road, it says that lots of the crowd were gathered around him and he spots a guy up a tree. Zacchaeus, up the tree. That's his man. My parks ranger was the man for me that day. None, none of all the other people we got involved in. Now Jesus is calling on his disciples to listen to his words, believe, and go and be witnesses for him. What is he saying to you today? What has he been saying to you through the book of Luke? He's saying, proclaim the kingdom of God. Go. They had to believe Jesus had the authority to give them. Do you believe Jesus has the authority? Do you believe the word of God has the authority to give you to lead you, to guide you, to speak to you. They had to go before they would see what Jesus was going to do through them. You have to step out in faith and start, and then you see the glory of God. Don't be afraid any longer. Only believe. Open that email. God wants you to proclaim the kingdom of God. Proclaim, Caruso, refers to a herald's formal, authoritative, public announcement of important truth. That's what it means, the Greek word. The public announcement of important truth. Publicly proclaiming that the kingdom of God was at hand because of the Lord, the Savior, the King, had arrived. We've seen throughout the book the the importance on repentance, to change your ways, change your attitude, change your heart. Confession of sin and faith in the Messiah. And the church has the same responsibility today to preach the word exactly as it is written, to share it. And the message is about sin, salvation, and forgiveness. But what I found really interesting to challenge us all today, is Jesus gives them some specific advice. At least five items forbidden by Jesus to take on this mission trip. It's the beginning of a 
allowed of a short missions trip here. Take a look again in the scriptures. It says, he's saying, do not take a staff. Do not take a bag. Do not take food. Do not take money or a change of clothes. Folks, are you ready to go? Wow. What's their question? Well, how? How do we go? How do we pay our way? How do we eat? How do we drink? What are you thinking? When Jesus gave, when God provided the money for us to get out of Africa, He just gave the right amount for the ticket. My question was, now what do I do? I'm going to arrive in Ireland. I've got no money. I can't buy a hamburger for my kids. I got nothing. Not even a bottle of water. What do I eat on the plane? How do I pay? How do I go? What do I do with my boat? What do I do with my truck? What do I do with my stuff, my belongings? Take the clothes on your back and go. Each item represented a different need. He wanted the men to trust God to provide. This is the key here. When he has you totally surrendered, like that song we were playing, we'll play it at the end of communion. The song that just hit me this week is more of you and less of me. In the beginning of the song, the guy's talking about how he built his kingdom, his towers, his success. Well, it sounded just like me. So all I wanted to do is be successful in business. And, and I kept striving for that. And I was blessed with that. But I was building these towers, this, this kingdom run. And in this song, it's, this guy gets to the point to realize it's got to come down. I need more of you and less of me. Luke records this short-term missions trip, and then we'll see in t- chapter 10 another one. And he's the only one who, gospel writer, that includes these two mission trips. But Jesus gave the 12 some instructions. He will give you in the same kind of instructions. It'll vary, but he will give you instructions, and you've got to be ready to go. The messenger, take the message of the good news, was the primary importance here, and still the primary importance for us today. The healing showed great God's great compassion, but it was to fulfill ancient prophecy. So the focus is the gospel, the good news. The disciples were to travel light. They would have, they would have to be dependent on His word, which He's left for us. Are you dependent on this word completely? In addition, He also said to them, when people show you hospitality at their home, you just stay there. Not look for other hospitality. They might be better, more comfortable. And this had a good effect. You see how they are going there, two by two. It clearly showed that the Messiah had not come to offer wealth to his followers. It forced the disciples to rely on God's power and not their own provision. They carried no outward symbols of authority. Only the inward power of Jesus Christ. That's what he's saying. That's when he gets glorified. That's what we're talking about. We had to honor God, to glorify God. Well, how do you do it if you did it? God is the great provider. We have to trust in him. It involved the villagers and made them more eager to hear the message because these people came so humble. What did the staff mean? It made walking easier, but it was also a weapon. It was also used to defend themselves against robbers that would attack them on the road. Travelers faced this ongoing struggle. 
So he didn't want that there. The bag, the Greek word translated pera, defines the open sack used by peasants, shepherds, beggars, and wandering philosophers. Jesus not only wanted to avoid these symbolic pictures of the bag, but he didn't want the the twelve to be tempted to take something with them, put something in that bag. The bread, well, that means food, not to take any food. Money is self-explanatory. He told the men to go out without any means to buy food or to provide for each other. The inner garment, the tunic, was worn next to the skin under the outer garment by telling them not to take an extra tunic I mean, they had any change of clothes or change of underwear either. His point was twofold. First, the mission cannot wait. People need to hear the proclamation of the gospel now. Second, God would provide for the people in his service. They were to focus on the mission. Jesus chose to multiply his mission by calling out his people to go. He's still doing that today. He called the apostles. They needed to now see the transition coming, that they were going to continue this ministry. And we are asked to continue the same ministry. To go out and share. A lot of missionaries that come to me and I ask, how are you going? They say, well, we, we can't go yet because we haven't got this ready. We haven't got that ready. God's calling you. If he's calling you, what about you? To go. Think about this passage. Who are you trusting in? Who is the great provider? MacArthur says in his New Testament commentary, From Luke's inspired account of our Lord's commissioning of the twelve, a profile of a messenger of Jesus Christ emerges. A Christian messenger proclaims salvation, manifests compassion, maintains trust, demonstrates contentment, and exercises discernment. Jesus told them to also expect where they would not be welcomed. And that for me is the hardest. Instructions for such a town to the disciples was to shake off the dust from their feet. That's really one of the hardest things to face when people resist the gospel. In this time... In this era, when they shook the dust of their feet, there was extreme contempt to the people. Pious Jews would do this after passing through a Gentile country or cities to show the separation from Gentile practices and theirs. This action also showed that the disciples were not responsible for the people to respond to their message. What God is saying and what Jesus is saying is pursue their cause where opportunities rise. But you know, love, this unconditional love that we should all be nurturing and growing, that's really hard. Really hard for me to, when I see it's just not going anywhere, to shake the dust off my feet and move on. Charles Swindoll says, when he read this and he saw Jesus had counseled the twelve, what spoke to him was Jesus saying, Tough, toughen up and stay focused. Frankly, that's excellent advice to all who minister today. I've said for years 
that the best combination for a servant of God is a tender heart and a tough hide. So here we've been looking at these verses and what are we seeing? We've seen the beginning of a short-term mission trip. What about you? As you're reading this, are you ready for the call to go? As we're in Proverbs now reading through the Bible, in chapter 10, verse 17, it says this about a man. It says, He is on the path of life who heeds instruction. Are you listening to Jesus? Are you listening to His instructions? We're looking at Jesus giving His disciples instructions, but He's also opening, asking you to, is your heart open to me? What about you? Are you listening? He's given you and I instructions, and He gives them to you throughout your life. If you're listening and obeying, and by obeying, you'd end up just doing it. We see how it works. We understand why it has been done that way. And so we gain knowledge and wisdom by that. By doing it, you experience God. You encounter Him in your, in your obedience. And you get a better knowledge of Him and how He communicates with you. You get understanding. And what does that lead to? Wisdom. You're able to be wise. You're able to give good counsel. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. What about you? Are you willing to proclaim openly something which has been done? The public proclamation of the gospel and the matters pertaining to it. What about you? Will you proclaim the kingdom of God? Will you dare to be a disciple of the Lord? And as the men gather, deacons and elders, for communion, I want you to think about this and examine your hearts. Examine what we've just been listening to about faith and obedience. And the call... Picture yourself as those disciples. God saying, I want you to go. But you're not going to go this way or that way. You're going to do it my way. You know, then you see the glory of God coming through. But also the challenge here, we're going to face the table of communion as you examine your heart and your soul now of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross for us. Why did he do that? What was the purpose of all of that? brutality and cruelty. He defeated death. He stands on the right hand of God, our Savior, as an advocate for us. Let's not let it be wasted. The Scripture says, The Lord Jesus in the night in which He was betrayed took bread. And when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, He took up the cup, also after supper, saying, This is the cup of... Sorry, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Are you? Are we focused on that? 
This is an open communion to those that understand and have committed their lives to the Lord and have examined themselves and their relationship with Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And I say that because the Scriptures also tell us how serious this is. It says, Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself, and in so doing it, he is to eat the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself, if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick, and a number sleep. But if we judge ourselves rightly, we would not be judged. So, take this minute as the men gather around this table, just to... Shut your eyes and you know what I do is I ask the Holy Spirit to bring forward in my mind what I may have done to offend the Lord. And I ask Him to forgive me.